I'm Nikki Hardy, and this is Chemo Chair Prayers. I'm so glad you're here. Hold on, let me take that back for just a hot second, because this is a podcast for anyone who's heard the words, it's cancer. So if that's you or someone you love, I am so sorry. I just hate that for you. So yes, I kind of wish you weren't here. But I'm also super glad you're here, because if you're struggling to keep fear and worry at bay, to trust God no matter what, or simply need a little faith boost and to feel God's loving arms around you, you are in the right place. I lost both my mum and sister to cancer and was then diagnosed myself just six weeks after losing my sister. I know all too well how cancer robs us of so much. The certainty of who and whose we are, how to pray when we have no words, the future we'd planned and imagined, not to mention the strength, peace, trust, and yep, even the joy and laughter we long for. So if you don't want to merely survive cancer, but long to thrive in the midst of it, take a seat, grab your cup of tea, let your shoulders relax, and allow me to lead you through a short story and a prayer using our guided format with the acronym TRUST followed by a simple practical invitation to experience God's loving presence now and in the days ahead. Welcome to another episode of Chemo Chair Prayers and I'm your host Nikki Hardy. Did you know that last year it's estimated that over 1.8 million people were diagnosed with cancer? In fact, the National Cancer Institute's Surveillance, Epidemiology and End Results Programme estimates that last year alone, that's 1,806,590 new cases of cancer just last year. That's 1,806,590 mums, dads, sons, daughters, friends, teachers, pastors, neighbours and loved ones. And the chances are, given you're listening to a podcast called Chemo Chair Prayers, that you're one of them. Either you or someone you love has been diagnosed with cancer and is now walking this journey. And I'm so sorry. I've said this before, but I wish cancer would get cancer and die and we could all breathe a sigh of relief. Coming up for nearly 10 years ago, my friend Wynne and I were sitting on the squeaky plastic chairs of the stark, sterile room we'd been told to wait in after my colonoscopy. I was tired and still slightly drugged and loopy, and the words, we found a tumour and it's either cancer or lymphoma, sounded more like, we found a sandwich and it's either ham or cheese. You might have heard me tell this story before, but as far as I can remember, all I said was, oh, okay. And it wasn't until later that week when my doctor called to say that the pathology results confirmed that it was cancer, rectal cancer, that I fell apart. You see, I'd lost both my mum and sister to cancer, my sweet sister a mere six weeks before, before that day in the colonoscopy office when she was just 43. Of course, I was devastated at my own diagnosis, but you'd think having been through it with both mum and Joe. I'd have some inkling of what to do next. But nope, I was overwhelmed and I had no idea which way to turn or how to create order or make sense of my swirling, shattered world. Yeah, the doctors set me up on a well-worn path of radiation, chemo and surgery. 
And yes, I was following it. I was grateful to be actively fighting the beast within me, but I had no idea what else to do, how to be, what to say, how to pray, or more to the point, how to pray without blaspheming myself into oblivion or denying God's love and existence all in one go. But I had no idea who to tell, where to go, or how to talk myself down from the ledge of anxiety I'd started to call home. And as you know, this is a podcast for those with cancer. But it's also a podcast about discovering that life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full. And then go living it. It's about thriving, not just surviving, no matter what. So if you've just been diagnosed and you're floundering, wondering what on earth to do next... You, my friend, are in the right place. I wish I could give you a surefire list of 10 things to make your life easy peasy, lemon squeezy and perfectly pain free. And I wish I could promise a life full of rainbows and unicorns if you just follow these three simple steps to healing. But I can't. And most of all, I don't want you to believe anyone that says they can. But what I do want to do is tell you that it will all be okay. But that's not my place either. And if anyone does tell you that they can, take it with a huge pinch of salt, please. So, instead of sitting here making empty promises, I've compiled a list of things that you can do that will help. They'll help you fight the fear, overcome some of the overwhelm, talk to friends and family about the things that really matter to you, and they'll help you navigate the complicated medical maze you've been airdropped into, all while navigating a new conversation with God aren't from doctors in white suits and ivory towers who've never sat and been told they have a tumour the size of a fun-sized Kit Kat growing up where the sun doesn't shine. Yes, that was me. No, all of them came from people who've been where you are. These lessons helped me and them travel this journey well. I did some of them myself because people told me I should, and I did others because it felt like the next right thing. Still others I wish I'd done in the first place but didn't know about or didn't have the gumption or insight to do. And I hope that they help you. Share them with your friends and loved ones who are battling cancer or any other beast of diagnosis. Better still, forward this episode to them. And please, oh please, share what's worked for you. This is by no means an exhaustive definitive list. And you know what I always say, thriving is a team sport and no one wins alone. So let's share our ideas. All the best discussions happen in the comments and you can get to the show notes by hitting the link in the episode description. Okay, here goes. Let's dive in. The first thing is to simply take one day at a time. How you feel today is most likely not how you'll feel tomorrow, either emotionally or physically or spiritually. You're now on the cancer roller coaster, I'm afraid. And I know you didn't buy a ticket and you probably hate roller coasters at the best of times. And this is a roller coaster from hell. So I want to encourage you to take each day as it comes, celebrating the highs, feeling all the painful feelings of the lows and staying present in the present. Doing these things will serve you well. As a wise rabbi once said, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Secondly, and on a completely different note, stay organized. I am not the most organized bunny in the world, so this is really important if you're like me. You're going to be flooded with names of doctors and appointments, medical terms you've never thought you'd needed to understand, and prescriptions to fill. Staying organized will help reduce your stress and be a calm, happy bunny. 
I wish I'd taken a notebook to every appointment. But like I said, I'm as organised as a teenager's bedroom floor. It's a good idea to keep a file of medical documents and a separate one for bills. Save emails from your doctor and insurance provider. And you can even ask a friend to come with you to appointments so they can take notes while you actually concentrate on what the doctor's saying. Stay organised, my friend, and you will be thanking me for years to come. Thirdly, let it all out. I don't know what you're like normally, but whether you're a closed book or a walking emoji app, it's good to let your feelings out. To be honest, they're going to come out somehow, somewhere, and it's better to let them out with people you trust or in a journal no one will read than exploding in a volcanic eruption of an than exploding in a volcanic eruption of unexpressed anger at your niece's christening party in front of your mother-in-law. It's so much better to do it in private or with trusted ones. There's even evidence to say that writing helps us process and move through tough experiences and even boosts the immune system. I know, it's incredible. So let it out. Even to God, he's the best place to let it out. Reading the Psalms is a great model for keeping it real with God. So friend, let it out. Don't bottle it in. Then ask questions. You know, I loved my doctor. She was the bomb. Yet as much as she explained what was going on, what the plan was and why, I still had questions. Loads of questions. If your doctor gets huffy and puffy when you ask questions, change doctor. Or ask if they have a cancer navigator or similar support person who can walk you through some of the things you're going through. If you've read my book, Breathe Again, you'll know about my lovely cancer navigator, Darcy. She was an absolute lifesaver for me. They're there for you and the only stupid question is the one you don't ask. If you're not sure what to ask, I'm putting a link in the show notes to an article from the American Cancer Society on how to be your own advocate. You can check it out later if you like. Okay, we're now up to number five of the things you can do if you've been diagnosed with cancer recently. But these actually all hold sway, even if you're six months or a year down the line. The next one is to simply accept help. I say simply, but we all know it's harder than that. Because I learned this the hard way, because my strength can be my biggest weakness. I believed that with enough grit, determination and old school gumption, I could handle anything. But my friend, I was so wrong. Not only do we need help when we're battling this beast, but bringing a meal, mowing the lawn or taking the kids to ballet are all ways the people who love us most can help. And they desperately want to help and do something practical. So why not make a list of the ways you need help? Or better yet, ask a friend to be the list keeper. They'll be absolutely thrilled, I promise. Everyone just feels so helpless around us. My friend Marissa Henley's book, Loving Your Friend Through Cancer, Words and Actions That Communicate Compassion, is packed with helpful ideas. And you could also hand that out to friends and family who ask how they can help. But I want to encourage you to accept help no matter how hard you find it. Next, talk to your kids. I know I am not licensed therapist or professional counsellor, but to my kids, a cancer diagnosis meant one thing. I was going to die and die quickly. It was what the experience of losing their grandma and auntie had taught them. 
Telling our kids I had cancer was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But we told them early, when it was still only a maybe. We told them what we knew and what we didn't. We told them God would be with us and loves us no matter what. And you know what? I'm glad that we did. It set a tone for how we'd roll. In full disclosure, no half-truths. And this was how we would roll. And like I said, I'm no parenting or cancer expert. I'm just someone who's been there, done that, and unfortunately got the t-shirt to prove it. So if you're not sure how to talk to your kids about your diagnosis, I've got some more great advice from the American Cancer Society in the show notes. Next, find your peeps. Finding a community of fellow survivors was the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't want to wear a blue tutu or sit around talking about my feelings and alternative health options. But if I'm honest, all that kumbaya nonsense, as I called it, frightened me. It meant I couldn't deny the reality of my diagnosis and I was scared. Scared of getting close to people with cancer because having lost mum and Joe, I wasn't sure I could handle any more grief. But when I finally gave in and found my people, they became my lifeline. Mine was a Facebook group for colorectal cancer patients called Colon Town. I know, isn't the name great? And if you're part of Colon Town, hey guys, I'm so glad you're here. But check out your hospital, church or cancer society for places as well as Facebook. Come and find me on Instagram and Facebook as we've got quite a thriving community going there as well. I can't encourage you enough to find your peeps, your tribe, your people, your fellow survivors. They will love you well in a way your family and friends can't because they can offer empathy and not just sympathy. They understand in a way even your nearest and dearest never could. So don't be a wuss like I was. Find your community. And as I always say and often do on the podcast, thriving is a team sport and no one wins alone. Next, and on a very practical level, check out financial resources. Or better still, find someone who can help you do that. The financial burden of a diagnosis is tremendous and real, whether you've got gold-plated insurance or not. There are resources out there to help navigate the minefield. And I'm not an expert on this either and wouldn't dream of giving financial advice. My husband would die at the thought but I can point you to some good resources. Again, they're in the show notes. Number nine. Yeah, I think we're up to number nine. Number nine is to reach out. I'll confess, this sounds odd and I get it. After chemo, radiation and surgery and enduring my second round of chemo, I didn't have the capacity to love others. But here's the thing. I had bought into the myth of costly kindness, hook, line and sinker. I'm ashamed to say it, but I believed helping others would come at too high a personal cost to me, one I just couldn't pay right then. But I was wrong. I should have listened to Mother Teresa, who said to do small things with great love. I couldn't do something great for anyone, but I could do something small with great love. And when I did, it was me who was blessed the most. So let me encourage you to reach out and love someone in a simple way. It will bless them It will help take your mind off your own journey and you'll be blessed hugely and maybe, just maybe, you'll make a friend. And lastly, if you've just been diagnosed with cancer or you've been diagnosed years ago, pray like God's your BFF, your best friend forever. 
At the best of times, many of us aren't quite sure how to pray. And if we do resolve to spend time with God, it easily fizzles out as we get bored or we don't see him answering our prayers or we're not sure what to do next. It's easy to pray as a last resort or when we need a parking space. Yep, I'm guilty of that. But how many of us pray like God's our BFF sitting across from us on the sofa eating haagen out of a tub with a spoon? I'm not going to get all churchy on you and sing Jesus loves me, this I know, or shame you into a false prayer life. But I do want to encourage you to simply talk to God. Yep, like he's your BFF. Because when we do, we pray in a way that's more open, honest, unafraid, or bearing our soul and being vulnerable. Yes, God is God. He is sovereign. He is mighty. He is all powerful. He hates sin, but he loves you deeply. He's big enough for all your anger and your questions. He loves us in a way that means we can't lose his love by offending him or being absent for the past 20 years. Just try, my friend. I promise he'll meet you right where you are and he won't let you down. So why don't we do that right now? And I hope this list of things you can do and ask yourself has been useful as you navigate this new journey you're on. And like I said, if you know somebody who's just been diagnosed or has been walking through cancer for a while, do share this episode with them. But as we always do on Chemo Chair Prayers, we're going to take some time to pray through our guided prayer practice with the acronym TRUST thanking him for who he is and what he's done, resting in his love, unburdening our hearts, surrendering our hopes, fears and needs, and lastly, taking him at his word. Now, I've put this acronym on a handy-dandy bookmark that you can use in your Bible or in a journal. You just need to head over to chemochairprayers.com to make that your own and grab one and I'll send it straight to your inbox. So let's take time to pray. I'm going to pray for you and then take a short pause while you can make this prayer your own. So let's start by thanking him for who he is and what he's done. Oh Lord, I thank you for all that you are and all that you've done. Lord, you are God and Saviour. You sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross that we might be in relationship with you, that we might be called your children, come to you as Abba Father and pray to you like a friend. Lord, we thank you for what you've done and who you are. Can I invite you to take a moment and make this prayer your own, thanking him in your own words for who he is and what he's done and means to you. Now let's rest in his love. Lord, your love is high, wide, deep and long. It is unending. It is a love that comes in the middle of the night. It is a love that sent your son to the cross just for us. It is love that wraps its arms around us when we're afraid. And it's a love that comforts us when we're grieving. And Lord, right now, we simply rest in that love. Take a moment 
to simply sink into his love, knowing it will hold you fast. Now let's unburden our hearts. Oh Lord, with a fresh diagnosis, our hearts are churning and breaking and swirling. Lord, we're afraid, we're confused, we're angry and bitter. You seem silent, we don't understand, we have questions about why. Lord, we lay it all before you. We tell you how afraid we are and how angry we are and we ask for your presence. Can I encourage you to take a moment and unburden your heart, telling him your fears and your anger and your grief, whatever it is that you are bottling up inside you, like I said, let it out. Now is the perfect time. Now let's surrender our hopes, fears and needs. Lord, we've let it all out. We've got it out and it seems ugly and it seems scary to do so. But Lord, knowing that you love us, we lay it all at the foot of our knowing that you love us, we lay it all at the foot of your cross. We give it over to you, knowing that we can cast our burdens onto you because you care for us. Lord, we surrender things and we walk away. We surrender our hopes for the future, our fears about all that's coming up with this diagnosis and our needs, both practical, emotional, financial, spiritual. We give it all to you. Can I invite you now to do just that? Surrender it all to Jesus. Now, let's take him at his word. Lord, you say in 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 that you are the Father who comforts us in our troubles. So Lord, we stand on that truth and ask for your comfort to come. You say that when we're brokenhearted, that you're close to us, that as a shepherd carries a lamb, that you carry us close to your heart. You say that one day you will wipe away every tear from our eyes and you will take away every pain that we have suffered here on earth. And Lord, we take on those truths and those promises and we stand on them and we let them sink deep and we let them bring hope and peace and strength to our hearts. Lord, we thank you that you are our Father. Lord, we thank you that you gave up everything because you love us. And as we close, can I invite you to take a moment to tell the Lord how you are taking him at his word, how no matter the confusion and the doubts that you are choosing to not just believe in him, but believe him. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, every week on Chemo Chair Prayers, I like to end with an either practical or spiritual next step for you to take into the week ahead. And what I'd love to do this week is invite you to choose three or four things from the list that we just went through to make a reality. Choose three or four things in areas that you know that you need to work on, whether it's your finances and getting organized 
or whether it's talking to your children, or maybe it's about asking questions of your doctors, or praying to God like he is your best friend, or journaling your emotions, whatever it is, pick three or four things that you know you need to work on, or maybe just even one, and take a next step, knowing that God is going with you. Until next time, friends, keep on thriving because life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full. So let's go live it. You've been listening to Chemo Chair Prayers with me, Nikki Hardy. And my prayer is that this has given you one more way to discover that with God, life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full. And then go live it. Yes, life can be hard, really hard, And while God never promised us a perfect life, free of heartache and worry, he did promise us a full, abundant life. And the truth is, it's not off in the future somewhere waiting for us when our cancer's over. Nope, the life he has for us might not be all we'd planned and imagined, but it is full of intimacy, connection, love, laughter and peace, right in the midst of all we're going through. I always say thriving is a team sport, so please know we are in this together. And I'd love to hear how you're doing and how Chemo Chair Prayers has helped you in your journey. So why not come over to the Chemo Chair Prayers website, which is not just where some of the best discussions happen, but it's also where you can download a copy of your trust-guided prayer format in a handy-dandy bookmark. You'll also find me on Instagram and Facebook, so do come and say hello over there. Now, did you know that there are over 1.8 million people diagnosed with cancer each year? So if you found any encouragement from listening to Chemo Chair Prayers, would you hit subscribe and leave a five-star review so others journeying through cancer can find it as well? Then why not recommend it to a friend who's been diagnosed, your cancer support group, or even your oncologist. And remember, my friend, you are loved and seen. And you've got this because he's got you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.